Hey everyone, this is Ashley. I forgot to do the intro. Well, for this, we just started chatting, and so I guess this is the intro. Um, welcome to the Well Read Dames podcast. I'm talking today with author Maria Ann Green. It, we had so much fun. I hope you guys love this one and enjoy. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I love doing these. I love talking to indie authors and other authors and about books. And I loved your book. Thank you. I loved it. Um, I need to read like all of, I know I read the third book in the series. Yeah. <laughs> I all of them now. Uh, so they're all on my TBR list. That's awesome. That is the nice thing about that. Almost all my series that I do, they're more like companions where yeah. they go together, but you don't have to read them in order, which is That's nice. really cool. Yeah. The moment I sent that question, I was like, Oh, I wonder if there already is a book for it. <laughs> yep, yep. That one probably was my favorite one of the three to write. Um, it's not everyone, people either love or hate that one from yeah. me's point of view because it's a little more different. She's a little more like in her head. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, thinking, you know, and uh, it's a little different than the other two. So people either love it or hate it. <laughs> yeah, I, I get that. She's, she reminded me almost like a psychologist. Like I felt like a therapist was talking to me very calmly about murder. <laughs> yeah. right, right. Have you ever watched Hannibal? It kind of makes me think about that. I haven't. No, no. I didn't until recently. Um, well, after I wrote the book, but now that I've, now that I've written it and I've watched the show, it makes me think of like Hannibal and Jillian Anderson having their like psychiatrist conversations. I do love Jillian Anderson. <laughs> she's amazing um well i'm gonna get us started with the intro um because i feel like i feel like we're on it but looks i haven't done an intro so i may just start it from earlier but i don't know but just in case hi everyone thank you for joining this is the laura james podcast i am ashley i'm here with author marie and green and we are talking about her book edge of darkness that's what we've been talking about um and i love it thank Um, you i read that it's the third book in the series um as she was just mentioning their, her books are more companions, um, and I like that more than just an anthology. I find anthologies sometimes hard to read, um, just because I get attached to characters quite easily, and then they go away. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, this, definitely this year, like, that book made me want more, and it made me want more of Bee's character, um, and I'm so excited that she just told me that Bee has her own book, so I'm going to be reading it. <laughs> with the other one that one is deeper into darkness deeper into darkness that makes a lot of sense given what i know about her yep yep and the first one is called nothing but darkness that was um one of my first well i think it was like my second book that i finished writing ever that was amazing so you write two very different genres yes um and i love that because well, and I've only written one book, so I currently have written one genre. <laughs> I'm working on the second one um, in this series. But I love the idea, and your genres are so different, which fascinates me because I feel like more like, like just like other creatives, like actors a lot of times happen to you as well, you get kind of like stuck in one, yeah. one role, you know? Like if Danielle still started writing like horror books, I would be like, yes, but I would also be confused, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not what you do. Um, but I love that you write these two genres of romance and like thriller. 
Yeah. Um, and when you gave me the, the option of, you know, you were like, do you like which one? I was like, well, I love both. But I was like, but I love like a good thriller crime kind of book. <laughs> and then I obviously have this podcast. So when I read the description of like podcast, true crime, I was like, well, that's like, basically my biggest nightmare. <laughs> and so <laughs> I was like, I need to read this one right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and um, for me, I started writing the thrillers and um but for me it's the two genres that I love to read the most so like they're the stories that I'm interested in and they're the stories that I read so why not be the stories that I write too and I don't always like follow the mold or the path and I like to do stuff my own way so I figure if I can't be the only one who loves both romances and thrillers and so there will be plenty of I hope, readers who um, <laughs> want to read both from the same um, author. And I don't, I never wanted to do pen names. One, I'm kind of lazy. And two, um, like I said, I just, I, there has to be enough readers out there who are like me that, you know, just love both too. And I've heard that from a lot of people. So I, I didn't necessarily do the wrong thing. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, no. And your name is fantastic, by the way. Like, <laughs> that is your, like, your name is amazing. So um, I love it. My ID is a pen name for my writing um, because I like to write basically in secret from everyone that knows me in the real world. Like five people know that I have ever written a book and I like to keep it that way. <laughs> that's fair. A lot of people are that way. <laughs> so, but yeah, but I, I was like, well, I get to pick a last name for myself. Well, that's cool. I've never had do that before. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my name is my married name, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my married name is easier to say than my maiden name, but I, I went away from both directions when I picked. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. everyone well, I mean, especially life. when you want that anonymity. Exactly. Like yeah, and so I, I love it. So, but your name is great, so I think it's a great author name. <laughs> my first, my, my original, I guess, original name, my maiden name, was German and very hard to pronounce, and oh. I would never, I would never use it as a pen name. Yeah. So I thought of that at first. I was like, maybe I'll just use my maiden name. And I was like, no, I will not. <laughs> That's so funny. I, um, when I was first starting, um, I decided that green was too common. And so that's why I used my whole name. Mm -hmm. my middle name too because I was like there's got to be another Maria Green out there like that's just green is way too common so I did the whole name <laughs> and I love Maria because I feel like it's not as common um as Marie or Mary like yeah. I love Maria <laughs> no. so it's so I was actually I was named after musicals uh Son of Music and West Side Story so that is amazing yeah that, that's fantastic. <laughs> so and, and now you write and now you create your own stories so yep. That is fantastic. Yeah, I, like, honestly, I've read two thrillers, I think, this year, and yours was my favorite out of the two of them. Oh, thank you. I loved it. So, um, you know, what kind of start, like, especially Tuesday's story, like, what kind of brought you to her? She's kind of our main character mm -hmm. in, in Edge of Darkness, and I loved her, like, oh, but she also confused me, and this is, and this is my take is weird, because, and I understand she was so afraid of becoming her parents. Mm -hmm. um, and just backstory for anyone who hasn't read it, both her parents are notorious serial killers. Mm -hmm. And her mom, B, who we've mentioned before and has the prior book, Deeper into Darkness, is um, basically caught. She's <laughs> serving time for her crimes currently. Um, 
and her dad is no longer in the picture, things to be. So, you know, so she has this complex that she's secretly a monster, um, or she has the potential to become a monster mm -hmm. because both of her parents kind of are. Um, and it also like spurned her like interest in true crime, which makes a lot of sense. Um, but I almost felt like like she's born of hunters, not of prey. And so I thought that she would be more confident because I feel like she viewed herself as prey the entire book until the end where she was more afraid that she wasn't prey anymore. <laughs> but I was like, I thought I like, I was like, well, I thought I might feel more confident if I knew I came from convicted serial killers. Like, I don't know why, like I thought she would have like a different take, but I love that she was more like how I feel when I'm walking around by myself. Yeah. Like, completely paranoid of everything um and like afraid to converse like a guy with a dog is like sorry my dog barked at you and she's like ah! you know and I was like that's much more my reaction and same too and I feel like um when you when you read it there's I try not to do too much like backstory it was a little harder with this and I had to delete a lot of the my original first chapter because there's such a huge gap in time from mm. the second one to the third one and so um i like wanted to like tell too much of what happened in between but when you read it right away you kind of learn that like she moved around a lot and um like obviously she grew up with this mom who was like very different than other moms and um she didn't really get to make a lot of friends so i think some of that history sort of gives you a little more insight into why she is more on like the nervous side instead of like the confidence side um but also i just wanted to write her that way because that's how i would yeah. i feel like you know stepping into that role like if you had these like notorious awful parents that you didn't want anyone to know about like it would be really easy to be like and like try to ignore all that stuff and I felt bad for her she should have thought about changing her name because everyone knew the moment that she would say her name that they're like you're the daughter of such and such like everyone knew who she was and yeah. so she was infamous based on her parents actions which isn't fair yeah <laughs> exactly and that's kind of why she didn't change her name because she's like well like I didn't do any of this crap like yeah and I'm glad that she kind of came around to that because you know, she felt like she needed to start the podcast and to help people kind of make up for the actions of her parents. And I like when she kind of had like the conversation, the revelation later that like, these aren't your crimes. Like you, you are innocent in all of this. You've done nothing, you know, they, right. they're just your biological donors, you know? Like, exactly. You don't get to pick your parents. <laughs> no, none of us do. Right. And just because they aren't serial killers doesn't mean they're a peach, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. And I like, I, I took a lot of time, I think, um, in this one sort of trying to make everyone really three dimensional. Like she talks about like her mom was awful, but she also like is not only monster, like she's human too. And so that was sort of fun because in the first two, it's just a lot more like antagonist point of view, like just very, you know, these are the bad guys that you're reading from their point of view. And in this one, it was more like, a little more balanced, you know, like, okay, she's a monster. Yeah. But she's also human and you know, she comes from somewhere and there's reasons for her. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> her craziness. I know. I love the letters corresponding between Tuesday and her mom. Um, and I just kept thinking of how terrifying that relationship would be to maintain, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, because she had no idea, obviously, when she was a little kid, what her mom had done and was doing. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, she moved around a lot. She didn't understand that that was weird really yet. Um, she was just still innocent. But then once you're aware of what they've done, like, I would be scared to be in the room with them, you know? <laughs> right, right. And that sort of, um, I know that obviously serial killers, there are not that many of them, but some of that sort of stemmed from what little I know about um, some real ones. Like, you know, there's a lot of parents who are like, oh, no, they didn't do it, you know, whatever. But then also, um, I haven't read it yet, but I know that BTK, his daughter, um, had a book that com came out. Um, and it's like, she still talks to him, I think. Um, she's, you know, like, they're still your parent, you know, yeah. as much as like, yeah, she didn't know all this stuff going on. But like, oh, the book that I did re read um, was The Daughter of Rose West. And what was her husband's name? Fred or something from the UK. So yeah, the serial killer couple. And, um, like she still talked to her mom for a really long time. You know, it's just like, you can't choose your parents. They're still your parents. Yeah. And so, um, it was one of those things that like, it would be hard, but at the same time, like it would probably be hard not to talk to them too, you know? Yeah. And I, I love that she had this, this kind of stalking case, which this is propelled me into an actual stuff. I don't know if you've ever heard of, have you ever heard of Strictly Stalking? And that's that. Oh. I'm looking up to make sure it's actually the name because I feel like okay. I make the name up of this podcast whenever I like look it up. But basically, yeah. it is um, a podcast um, where they they have they interview people that have been stalked. Whoa, that's yeah. right up my alley. <laughs> yeah, I a show on um, ID that was called I think it was just called Stalked, and it was like you know one of those like you know forensic files cold case sort of like you know yeah procedural shows. Um, uh, talking, you know, where they do the corny reenactments and stuff about people who have really been stalked. And I just was obsessed about it. I love that show. <laughs> yeah, you, I think you would love this. It is called Strictly Stalking. I'm, Strictly I have that stalking. I'm listening to right now. Yeah, I find it like terrifying, but also their voice is sometimes weirdly calming considering the source material. Yeah. But it's, like really interesting because our, our poor character, whose name I'm currently missing right now, the first person that comes to her is being stalked. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, is it Charlotte? Yes, I believe so. I don't know. It's been so long since I read it. <laughs> I will put it in the notes of the episode if, if we are wrong. But let's go and show it for now. But this poor girl, there's there's not much that the cops do or can do with stalking cases, you know. And very real. Which is very real. And so I'm listening to this strictly stalking podcast, and I'm more and more impressed with your book and your story because, you know, a lot of times the cops don't even believe people when they say they're being stalked. Um, and you know, like, you know, if someone's watching you, you know, I feel like especially as women, but men, I imagine too, like, if someone's watching you or someone's following you, like, it's not in your head. Like, <laughs> I feel like, like especially because we're so like, trained, you know, just based on like all of our history and experiences, you know, generationally too, but just we're so trained to like, be more wary, you know, because mm -hmm. we have to be. And so I feel like we're a little more we notice a little more, yeah. you know, and maybe not only women, but like vulnerable, more vulnerable individuals in general. So, you know, like, I just feel like we have those like sensors on all the time. All the time. Yeah. I have a story. I was thinking of like stories I could mention in this podcast of things and I'm, I'll message you about one that I'm not going to say on here because it's too scary, but <laughs> sorry <laughs> listeners. 
Um, but I was at Kroger Midwest, shout out to Kroger and company, but I was at Kroger one winter and it was just, I was by myself and winter it starts getting dark at like four o'clock and yep. it's full dark by five. Um, and so it was just after work, I was there. I remember, um, I just arrived and I was craving beef jerky, which is a food that I don't normally eat, but when I crave it, like I'll eat like two bags of it straight. Yeah. And it's like the only thing I want. And then I just, I don't eat it for like another year. So <laughs> I like walked in, the beef jerky is pretty close to the entrance. And as I was like assessing what I wanted from far too many options, um, I noticed that there was this couple like further down the aisle from me and they kind of looked like they were high. And I'm just kind of like keeping my eye on them because I don't know what they're doing. And at one point I hear like the sound of like stomping feet. It almost sounded like flip-flops except it wasn't because it was winter. And I was wearing like a green like poofy hat. It was so cold out. Um, And this girl comes running up to me full, like full sprint and then stops right before me, giggles. And this is an adult woman, giggles and then runs away weird and I was like I was like okay really watching them now like I'm not crazy like they're messed up and so later you know like and by later I mean 30 seconds later yeah they walk past and I'm just kind of frozen you know and she's just staring at me like eyes glowing like just out of her mind and she's like looking at me and he just says not that one she's too special what and they turn and walk away and I was like, all like, I have like every like hair on my body is like the goosebumps. Yeah. Yes. And I watched them walk, like they turned and went down a different aisle to, towards like the frozen food section. And I just left my car. It had nothing in it. I did not feel bad. I just watched them go, left my car and just walked to my car and drove home. I was. <laughs> my God. That is so creepy. Yeah. Not this one. She's too special. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> Right? Like, I'm not special, but I'm glad you think so. Like, yeah, <laughs> like, like, oh my God. I was like, I'm glad I'm wearing this green hat. Like, I think the green hat saved my life. I was like, I don't know what you guys are on, but I'm not here to find out. I'm leaving. <laughs> right? That is so crazy. See, and stuff like that happens all the time, which is, yeah. I think, why, like, we all, not all of us, but a lot of us love thrillers because it's just so, like, it's- I don't know they're exciting, but also they're like, they can happen. They do happen. Like there's a reason we're all obsessed with this stuff. Like, (laughs) yeah, it's so good. Um, and so, and I, I like, so I like the podcast episode, um, or aspect of it. Um, I loved all their disclaimers that they gave like every, every episode about like mental health. (laughs) It was so, it was so perfectly done. Um, and so, but I wanted like, and more almost of, of the of the each person because especially the guy who's I can only think of as dollar right now yeah um, yes um, and it's only because I was trying to figure out if he if he was our big bad for like half the book you know <laughs> yeah um, which I will not say if he was or was not um, but they they're so well written and just and like but I just like wanted more of them just like hanging out and like you know what is their story but I love that she had this group of friends that not only stood by her with her crazy background but also were like let's do this podcast like let's talk about <laughs> right so um, a little hint for um, you and anyone who likes both genres, um, some of them will be getting their own books eventually in the romance genre. 
Oh my. Um, the book that I'm working on right now that I like paused halfway through writing to work on a different one. I'm going back to it here, hopefully tomorrow. Um, it's Macy's book. Oh, wow. And Macy actually is in another book. Um, if you saw the, um, on the list, I think when we were talking about like angsty romances, Mm -hmm. I would never, but if I did, she is, um, the best friend in that one. And so oh, she's wow. going to get her own. So I sort of do that too. Like a lot of my books are connected either in the um, location. Like a lot of them take place in Minneapolis because I live here in Minnesota. And, um, but then some of them actually have like interrelated characters. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Macy is in two books already and she's going to get her own. Um, eventually I would like to do Jackson's. He's on, I have a whole long list of like, 40 books I want to write. It's absolutely insane. So he's on there. Yeah. Someday, someday he'll get one. <laughs> how, like how many are you working on currently or do you work on at a time when you're writing? So I try to work on one at a time, uh, one book at a time. However, like, like I said, I have a list of like a ton of ideas I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them are like briefly plotted out. Some of them, it's just sort of a sentence about the idea. And, um, some of them I have the whole outline done. So that's as, usually as far as I'll go. If I'm working on another book is just doing the outline. Cause I don't like to draft more than one at a time. That gets a little difficult, but I did pause Macy's book to work on my one that's coming out at the end of this month. Mm-hmm. Um, cause the timing just was more right for that one. So, but I try to only draft one at a time. If I, if I start another, I pause the other one. Cause otherwise I just get it's hard for me to stay in the right voice and stuff. Yeah. I, I get distracted. I think we all get distracted by other book ideas while we're writing. Oh yeah. yeah. I have, um, on book two of my first series, which is like a three book arc for my characters. And then I have a second series planned, which, um, I've created one character that is in both just a small role in both to kind of just like tie them together. Um, but I find myself frequently daydreaming more about that series. And I know it's just because I haven't written it down. Like, yep. oh, yeah. it's bouncing around my brain all the time. Yep. Um, but I have to, like, fight the <sighs> urge to write it because I am not the kind of person that can do more than one thing at a time. Yeah, me either. It gets to be too much. Like, I'll just do less of both if I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I totally get that. The, the shiny new idea is always more exciting. And then as soon as you start writing it or like, maybe not writing it, but as soon as you get to that, like, there's a point in every book where I'm like, this is crap. What I'm writing is awful. And then I come back to it. Like, okay, I just have to power through. I have to get through this part. Cause then the end always gets exciting again as you're working on it. But then like, you come back to it and you read it later. You're like, Oh, this isn't crap at all. Like I was just, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was just dumb, but, um, and so I feel like you always hit a point, I do at least, in every book that I'm writing like that, so it doesn't matter, it's just because it's a shiny new idea, like, if I started writing it and I got far into it, I'd hit that point anyways. <laughs> exactly, and I'm like, I'm like, maybe it's better if I wait, because maybe I'll just keep getting more of these great creative ideas, yeah. and we all know the moment you start writing them down, you're like, what are words, like, yeah, <laughs> like, I had this whole big plan, you know, looking at your notes, and you're like, okay. (laughs) And this is why I'm a big time outliner. Like I get it all down. Like I might take notes as I'm thinking of it, but I like outline my whole book before I start. I like, I, I struggle and I need to get better. I'm a complete pantser. Like I'll have an idea of like 
who my I like I know who my characters are pretty much and then I'll be like I want like this to happen in the beginning this in the middle and this at the end and then between there it's like free for all like yeah <laughs> whatever you guys want to do it's cool with me just hit these three points right. um and so I'm trying to get better at it but I remember I for the new shiny idea I was like, oh, I have a great idea for the intro. Like, how am I going to start this book? And I was like, this is a great intro. And then I just wrote the whole thing down. And I was like, no. Yeah. And I was like, this is supposed to be an idea. And instead I was like, let me tell you my story. Like, I was like, oh, I did the wrong thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, but it is nice to get it down because then I always worry about losing it. Like, mm -hmm. I've, I've been notorious for, like, being driving in my car and I'm like, hey, Siri take a note and I'll just yeah. like, oops, my phone just turned out when I said that. That's funny. Um, <laughs> but I will, I'll, I'll be driving and I like yell at her cause I have to get it out because I'm too scared. I'm going to forget it. Yeah. You know? And then I won't get it back. It's like when I've had computers crash in the past and even if I just lose like a chapter, it's not the end of the world, but I feel like it's never the same when you try to do it again. Yeah. And so I will, it's never as good. So I will write stuff down as soon as I think of it, which is why I probably have so many, honestly, it's over 30. Like I have this list, um, that I keep so that I know what I want to come back to. And it's like, I keep it on this during binder that I have, but there's like oh. all these ideas that I want to, I know you listeners can't hear it or can't see it, but I have romance idea, thriller idea. And it, there's like more than 30 on here. Like, <laughs> I love it. And it's very beautiful for those that cannot see it. It is bulleted and wonderful. Um, <laughs> if, I, if I have little boxes, mind. I can like check them off as I do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Mine is downstairs or I would show it to you and you'll see it's just like my horrible handwriting scribbled all over pages and like random places. It looks like a serial killer has written it down. Right. I have <laughs> a thousand notebooks and that's why I try to do like the important stuff put it on the computer because I have my like folders very organized. I have a folder for every book and folders within those folders. I mean, when you self publish, like you have to really get yeah. organized. Like I have folders for the arts, for the final versions, for the drafts, for the covers, like yes. <laughs> you have to, if you're not organized, you're going to lose your mind. <laughs> you will lose your mind. And I know that as an unorganized person who has self published one book, like there's a mug that I need to buy myself where it's like draft, final draft. This is it. Final one, final two. Finally. <laughs> and that is real. Like you will have so many versions of you're like, all right, this is it. And then you read it and you're like, that was not it at all. I need to. <laughs> yeah. I, I have gotten to the point because I do so much outlining because I used to be a pantser too, but I do so much outlining now. Um, I was having a conversation um, on the last conversation I did on a podcast where I was talking about, I used to be a hardcore pantser. Like that's all I did. And now it is insane. If you were to see my outlines, like they're never less than 10,000 words. Wow. Um, and I call it a friend mentioned this to me and I totally stole the idea, but draft zero, like, you know, your first draft is like a draft, but draft zero because it's like 10,000 words. And, um, it's extensive because then I can write really fast. And now that I do that, I usually only have like two drafts normally. Wow. Normally I write it and then I edit it and then I send it off to my editor because like I have my CPs, my critique partners read my outline. So they help like catch mistakes before I make them. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then obviously I'm reading it and editing it, but usually at this point, the most I have is three drafts. Now. 
because I do that draft zero, which I guess if you count that, then it would be four. <laughs> <laughs> we won't count it. Only three sounds good. This, this is why I love talking to other writers because one, we can learn like yeah. from each other. Like, how can I be better? I'm, I'm not obviously not an expert. I am not like great. I should not give advice, you know, but when we learn and we can take things that one person does and if they work for us, they work for us. Sometimes what yeah. someone does will not work for you. Um, a lot of times, there's some amazing, really, really organized writers and it gives me anxiety when I read their posts because I'm like, I can't, like, I know I can't do that. Like, that's not how my brain will work. Um, but I can definitely become better at writing drafts. I can become better at being organized and for sure. Yeah. And I am totally an organized person. I, I really am. And sometimes it's more about like, put, like I have a lot of to-do lists Mm -hmm. that never see the light of day after I make them. Um, so sometimes it's more about the organization than the follow through, which is not good, but, um, I am really an organized person. And I think that that helped because once I learned how to outline, um, Mm -hmm. it changed my life, like as a writer. And then, um, a couple of other things, like it helped me write faster, which is huge and edit less. And I don't really love editing. So that's huge. Mm -hmm. So it really changed my life as a writer, but, um, doing, learning not to edit while you're writing was like the other huge thing for me. I do not look at anything again, like unless I read like a paragraph or at max a page of what I wrote last time to sort of like get my head back in the right place. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not edit throughout the whole first draft because if I do, I'd never finish. Right. Because editing can go forever. Just anyone yeah. curious, oh, yeah. you could never publish your book because you can just can edit it to death. Like you can just edit it until... Yeah. You yeah, work on it. I completely agree. And I have a friend who um, may or may not listen to this podcast. So um, <laughs> this is for you. And if you don't know who you are, I'll tell you later. But um, <laughs> uh, you have to get it out there. Um, your first, I think it's the hardest with your first book. You want to edit and edit and edit forever. And you're too scared to put it out there. And you just want it to be perfect. Um, but that gets easier with every single book. I will say my ninth is coming out this month. And, um, it was so easy to be like, here you go, editor, please take it, take it away from me. I want to be done. Like, um, you know, it's, it gets so much easier with every single book. The first book is the scariest and it's the hardest, but then once you get past it, like every single one is so much easier. And if you don't get it out there, like you're never going to have a second and a third to get it easier. So just suck it up, be done editing and get it out there. Absolutely. And I mean, the more you write, the better you get. Like I feel my second book is heads and tails better, not just plot and character development wise, because they already exist and I'm not trying to build them. But actually when it comes to writing are so much, it's so much better. It's better. It's more well-written than the first book was. And that one part hurts because I want to go back. It makes me just want to go back and like work on the first book again. I won't read, I won't read my first couple books. Yeah. (laughs) And you can love it. They're not bad. Like people love, there are so many, like I've gotten, messages about and it's the darkness series like where the first one was my like second ever book and it's like oh god I know because now I look at my writing and it's like you know world's better but that doesn't mean it was bad it just means you get better all the time and it's so true like with every single book I write every single critique I receive and every single critique I give so like when I read a book for one of my friends and give a critique um I get better 
because you know you're noticing stuff that they do well that you could do better or stuff that they're screwing up that you're like oh hey I haven't done this in a long time like I need you know whatever it's just I think you get better with every critique given or received sorry um and every book you write like you just get better so like keep doing it and if you don't get that dang first book out there you're never gonna get to the next book to get better I agree absolutely um and read 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 while you write, read other books, read other things separate from what you do. I will completely. And I actually think I will say one of those things of advice that there are some people who won't read in their genre while they're writing it. Mm -hmm. Um, I am not one of those people. I actually think it is. And I know I understand the thought is that people are worried about like, um, being too heavily inspired by their, you know, other books in their genre Mm -hmm. and accidentally like doing too much like someone else, but you're always going to have your own voice. Like I put my own spin on everything and whether I try to or not, (laughs) sometimes I'm trying to, but sometimes I'm not. And, um, honestly, like that is one of the biggest pieces of advice that I hate, Mm -hmm. um, is when people say, don't read in your genre while you're writing it, like read whatever you want. Like, I wish I had more time to read. I do not get through as many books as I would like to. Um, I also have a four-year-old, so that's part of it. Um, but also I'm writing as much as I can. So I do audiobooks, mm-hmm. and um, every time I take a walk, every time I'm in the car, I'm listening to something. And um, so I am always reading too, and I think that's huge. Like sometimes reading outside of the genre will still give you ideas for your genre or yeah. vice versa. Like you listen to a book and you're like, oh my God, I love this little tiny piece about it. And I'm not stealing it, but like it might influence this other idea, this spinoff idea. Like I just think it's huge. You should always be reading and reading in and outside of your genre, not, not just outside. Yeah. You can get ideas from anywhere. Like I, for my second book, I was, there's a scene, it's like a, it's like a fancy cocktail party. Um, and my two, like my romantic leads or whatever are having like a fight basically. Um, I won't get into it because it's not really a fight, but they're like not communicating. And it's like, so it's very like tense and kind of angsty, you know, they're like watching each other across the room, but they're not talking to each other kind of thing. And I was like, this scene, this needs something else. I was like, this needs something. And then I was like, this needs a dance. This needs an intense romantic slow dance between the two of them where they don't talk, but they dance. And it's very like, I don't know, fueled, you know? Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And then later I was watching Pride and Prejudice and I was like, no, this is where, this is where the dance idea came from. (laughs) Funny. It's so true. Like you can get ideas from anywhere. Um, the, the romance, the, I would never, but if I did, which by the way, will always be my favorite book I've ever written. I have a tattoo, um, from the book. I love it. uh, And, um, it's just, it's so angsty and so dysfunctional. And I really love writing dysfunctional characters um, very flawed characters because I think we all are mm-hmm. and I know I am so I they're, they're just my favorite to read but anyways that whole the idea for that whole book came from a song like one of my favorite songs it was just sort of the theme of the song the idea of it turned into the basic idea of the book and then you know it's spread out and it's different and um but I mean you can get ideas anywhere and I think it's so funny when people ask authors like where do you get your ideas because I mean, you just say like everywhere, like (laughs) the world around me. Yeah. Like songs, TV, movies, conversations I overhear, like whatever, you know, dreams, like you can get your ideas anywhere. And it's usually a mix of a lot of that stuff. 
yeah, Stephanie Meyer, I think, still holds true that she had a dream of the meadow scene of Bella and Edward, and that's what inspired all of Twilight. And she just had a dream of two people in a meadow having a conversation, and one was a vampire. And, like, now she's written Twilight, you know? And right. Regardless- Which I'm currently listening to Midnight Sun. I have, midnight, I haven't opened it yet, but yes, I, like, I got it pre-ordered, and I was so excited. Oh, I did too, and I hate hardcovers. Mm-hmm. Um, I got some angst for this on my <laughs> Instagram. Um, I throw away the dust jackets, because I hate them. Like, they get in the way, they get bent, I lose them, whatever. So I take them off and throw them away right away. And I also hate hardcovers, because they're, like, heavy, and I always mess up the spine. So I should have just waited for the paperback, because I only have paperbacks of the other four. So it's stupid yeah. anyways. But then... On top of it, I never read physical books anymore. Like, either I read Kindle in bed or I listen to audios. Like, I love my physical books from, like, my favorite books or my friends' books. Other than that, I don't tend to buy a lot of paperbacks anymore. I mean, physical books. And so I really should have just got it on audio in the first place because that's how I read everything now. So then I went and used my next credit for the audio anyways. So I have two versions of it, I guess. I'm just fueling her um, fortune. Exactly. And you know, regardless of however, dear listener, you feel about Stephanie Meyer, you're welcome to your own opinion. Um, I will not apologize for my love of Twilight. And I don't think anyone can argue with the success that her series has had. Um, Like if I like hit that level of success and people were like, she's bad at writing, I would be like, and yet. And yet, adventures in Oprah. Like, I don't know what you think about my writing. (laughs) Thank you for your one star rating. Bye. Like, You're right. welcome to your opinion still, but I don't think we can argue with her success, so. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she made it work. She did. And I've read some of her other books, and I really like them, too. So um, I will not apologize for my, my love. I'm trying to remember. I, I don't, I think I read one other of hers. I read some of the J.K. Rowling's. Um, I really like her Cormoran Strike series. Her yes. thriller, which, you know, she went from, what, what's Harry Potter? Fantasy? Yeah, I think it's, like, YA fantasy. Yeah, and then, you know, to, like, adult thriller. However, I have a lot of beef with her now, which is my own opinion. Yes. But I think that it's... Me as well. (laughs) You can't go back and rewrite books. You just can't. Um, Or rewrite history. But um, I love that she went to a different genre. I think that's cool. And I feel like, especially the the Cormac Strike, and sorry if I pronounced his name wrong, but I love it. Like, I... I, I love those books and they're so different and, and they're great because I remember like I got my, my grandma who unfortunately has passed now, but she was in her nineties. Um, she hates, hated romance, like could not, she could not stand romance. Like we saw Titanic when I was in the eighth grade and she went because she wanted to see like the James Cameron footage, you know, (laughs) she was so mad about the whole, she didn't cry at the end, everyone was in tears, and I was, like, in eighth grade, so I was absolutely in tears, and she was like, why are you crying? Like, she didn't didn't even understand, so, like, the worst thing you do would be give her a romance book, but she loved thrillers, or as she calls them, mysteries, and so (laughs) I was always on, like, the hunt to give her, like, good books, because she loved reading, like, she was very involved in reading, and I got her the, the strike series, and she loved it, like, we would talk about the book still, and it was, it was great. So, I mean, honestly, I feel like it's a, it's a series that as long as you like mysteries or thrillers, however you want to refer to them, like it's for, it's for everyone, you know? Right. Um, And I think it's a testament to how individuals can, um, genre, you know, you can 
write what you want to read. And that's how I, you know, was led to writing in several genres. It's like, that's what I read. So that's what I want to write. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, if you were going to pick a different, like a third genre, if you're going to branch into a third genre, do you have an idea of what that would be? So my book that comes out at the end of this month, which is called Crown of Sins. Mm -hmm. um, if you go on my Instagram, you'll see all about it. Um, but that one is my third genre. And it's basically, I'm bridging the gap between thrillers and romance and it is a romantic suspense um okay. so it has both of those it's got like the thriller mystery crime aspect and the romance aspect which i mean if you read um, any of my thrillers i can't not have <laughs> or sex in it anyways like and in my romances i can't not have some mayhem or angst or whatever so it's really just officially bridging the gap of what i unofficially did anyways um romantic suspense um and it's gonna be uh, another companion series so it'll be um which i don't even think i've announced yet so ooh, there you go um <laughs> but it's uh um it'll be one that you don't have to read them in order but i'm um, definitely heavy on both the romance and the suspense part instead of just one or the other um after that I know that eventually I have a horror book that I have um, completely um, outlined. So it's ready to write. I just haven't written it yet. So that will be my four genres, I guess. <laughs> that is fantastic. I'm very excited for this. I think it's great. I don't know what I, I, I don't know what I would do. I guess my, like my book is more, it's, rom it's like romance and it's fantasy and they're sci-fi. Like I just kind of like threw everything at the wall and was like, it all sticks, you know? Um, do it all. <laughs> and then my second series takes like a very probably played out kind of monster. Um, but I don't no care because I love it. Played out. What'd you say? No such thing as played out. And I was like, I was like, well, this is what I'm doing. So my second series is like, and so I'm very excited for that. So, but um, I like it's still it's still straight romance. It's just, yeah. it, but there's like there's more to it. So I don't know what I would write, but um, I don't know. But I think like thrillers is probably my favorite thing to read besides romance. So I I think that's great. But I don't know how I'd go about it. I'm I'm like a great listener or reader on the wall. Like <laughs> I think um, that when it comes to thrillers, a little more than really, I as far as what I've experienced any other genre that I've written yet, you have to be a little more organized and a little bit more of a planner um, because I think thrillers, they really do need a little more outlining. I have found. They do. They do. Um, what kind of research do you do for them, would you say? So um, I really hope, well, I'm very sure I'm on some watch lists for my Googling. <laughs> Very sure. Um, <laughs> I can be arrested someday, like just based on my Google searches. Like I remember once I was texting my sister, like it probably looks really bad that I am right now Googling like muscle cars that could fit a body in the trunk. Like I should have very much like thought differently about how I Googled that. And you know, research for one it's research i think on the craft like i said i have this huge outline that i do for everything it's got um in the beginning it's just very like who are the characters like 
just little notes on them. Like, what do they look like? What's their personality, whatever. Um, but then I do like paragraphs on every chapter until it's like completely outlined. Um, but there's also a section on structure. So it's like, I did research on structure when it comes to thrillers or romances or whatever. And, um, but then there's a lot of really weird Googling, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> like the book that you read, the, um, edge of darkness, there's, um, you know, I listened to a couple podcasts. I read that um, book on um, Fred and George West's daughter, Rose, mm-hmm. Fred and Rose, whatever. Um, there, I think it's called Love Always XXX Mom, because um, it's like how she would end her letters to her daughter. Oh um, and it's really interesting. You know, sometimes it's reading books that are like, because I was trying to get in the mindset of this daughter of serial killers. Um, you know, sometimes it's just Googling, but a lot of craft research I've done personally because I do better with organization. So, you know, it can be watching thrillers. It can be. (laughs) So, I mean, you've definitely written so like a lot of books so far and you're about to publish your ninth and it's amazing. Um, what would you say like from, what have you learned now that you wish you had known when you were doing book one? Yeah. Um, um, for writing or for like after or just in general, in general. So for writing, the big one that I tell everyone is one, get writing friends. If you don't have them yet, like you need other people to read your stuff and it's like critiques aren't fun, but like get it read. Um, because there will be stuff that you didn't see that is wrong. Um, but also not editing, like write the whole book and then edit after. That's like the biggest thing for me, but also like I think that when you have more writing friends, like I said before, um, like you and I were talking about, you learn stuff that other people do that like can be helpful. Like I have these templates for these outlines that I have shared with a, you know, select few friends. Eventually I'm going to do a nonfiction craft book and they'll be in there. Mm -hmm. But, um, like you learn stuff from other people. Like I didn't always know I was not organized. I was not a plotter and it took time of like knowing other people to sort of get to that point. Um, so that's on the writing end on the, in general, and, um, you can't just write your book and put it out there and then do nothing. That would be great. But, um, regardless of if you're self-publishing or traditional publishing, um, because most traditional publishers, unless you're like Stephen King or Stephanie Meyer, like they're not doing any advertising for you. And so you are still your own marketer, even if you're on that traditional path. And, um, so it sucks. And it's like, not necessarily now it's more fun for me because I've like been doing it long enough and I kind of know it works. And a lot of it is, research, which like, if you are organized, it's kind of fun. Um, but like, I never, I refuse to do ads for like the longest time, like Amazon ads or whatever. And now I'm learning and I'm like excited to try something new, but, um, it would be so nice if you could just put your book out there and it just goes huge. And that just doesn't happen. Like, even though I technically am a best-selling author, like I've gotten that tag. I like, I was just, telling my husband, like, I was looking at, I've made $10 this month. Like, <laughs> you know, like it's, you gotta do the work and that's with work. Like, you yeah. know, there's a lot of, a lot of research and, um, a lot of learning and then a lot of experimenting. Like I found a lot of things that don't work for me that I have spent way too much money on. And then, um, 
you know, things that do work that, and it's kind of surprising. You just have to try a lot of stuff and you have to work at the marketing piece. Like you're never done with it. No, ever. I, I definitely have gone like a month without even mentioning, like I, and even on Instagram, like that's my biggest platform and literally my only platform <laughs> that I do for, for my books, um, or for myself as, uh, as an author person. But I've definitely a look at my page and I'm like, why has it been a month since I mentioned that I wrote a book? Like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, someone could have started following me this month and they have, they like, they have oh no God. idea. They're like, Oh, she's right. She's working on a book, but they have like no idea that there's, I've already written one and it's the first in the series. So if you like what I'm talking about for book two, please right. read book one. Right. So you have some idea what's happening. I know. I know. And it's like all this, like, you have to find a balance too. Like I was doing a workshop with um, my good friend, Kristen Granada. Um, on just like Instagram marketing is what she was doing. Cause for her, it's her biggest platform too. Yeah. Um, and for a lot of people it is, I would say it's definitely one of the biggest, I don't know. I don't even know if I, I have a platform. I'm everywhere. I have, <laughs> I have a newsletter. I have Instagram. I have Twitter. I have a Facebook page. I have everything, but, um, I don't really know where I get most of my sales. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but like you have to really find that balance. Cause like for one, people don't want to only be marketed to, you know, mm -hmm. like you have to be engaging and like interactive with other people and stuff. But at the same time, just like you said, if you go over a month, well, guess what? Like you missed out on all those opportunities of people who are engaging with you, who like didn't even know you have a book out, you know, exactly. so it's, it's like hard to find that balance, but I think it's something to strive for. Yeah. And I mean, and it's, it's uncomfortable, at least for me to self-promote but it's necessary because no one else is going to do it for you. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Even if you, even if you're on the traditional route, even if you have, uh, um, an agent and a regular publisher, like they're not, they're not advertising for you. And even if they are, it's not to the extent that you're going to do it. Like you are your own best marketer. Yeah. You always will be, you know, they're probably going to ask you to do it. You know, they're, <laughs> they're probably going to ask you to get an Instagram and a Twitter and to promote yourself. Like I remember I was, um, I spent way too much time querying, which was a waste of my personal time with Me my too. first book. <laughs> and, but I mean, that was on several of them. That was the question. It was like, what platforms are you on? How many followers do you have? And I was like, they're curious about this because they want to know what is my capacity for marketing my own work, yeah. you know, like yeah. what reach do I have already, you know? Yeah. And so, and exactly. it, they weren't asking that so that they can publish for me <laughs> or, or market for me, you know? <laughs> Yeah, that is so true. And it's like, I mean, you don't have to be huge. You just have to put yourself out there. Yeah. And so, and what, um, I was just going to say, what is your favorite part of writing now? Oh, my favorite part, I think, is getting to talk to other people about my books. Like, I love the writing. I love shiny new ideas. And, you know, the outline is probably my second favorite thing because it's when I get to like put all those ideas like down for the first time and then drafting is, you know, the next part. But like that outline for me, that draft zero was really fun. Cause it's like when I'm basically doing what everyone else does for a first draft. Mm -hmm. Um, but the, that would be my second favorite thing. Cause my favorite thing is really being able to talk to people who have read my book, like about it when they're excited about something, you know, like it's, it's just fun be like, yeah, this is where my head was. Like, you know, when we are talking about like, Tuesday's background, whatever. Like, it's really fun to be like, oh my God, this person read my book. They loved it. They want to read more of mine. And they are like excited enough to talk to me about it. Like, it's just crazy to think that there are people out there reading. Like I just sent out my, um, arcs, which for people who don't know is advanced reader copy. 
So I sent out my, um, my arcs last night to, um, people for the new book. Mm -hmm. And, um, I got two messages, like before I even went to bed that people were like either excited to start it. Like they loved seeing the email or someone had already started it. I was like, this is amazing. Like this makes me so excited. Like I could nerd out on that stuff all day long. Like, heck yeah. I'll like, look, I don't look at reviews. I don't do any of that. Um, I think you kind of learn not to, um, because you're never going to please everybody. I have a very good friend who says all the time, you are not a jar of Nutella. Not everybody will love you. Like <laughs> you can't please everybody like Nutella can. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, I just remember that. And I think that's another good like tip for writers is I know in the beginning you're going to do it. Cause I did too. And everyone does, but like, once you can stop, like, just stop, like, don't yeah. read good reads. Don't like, it's, you know, you can do it for other people's books. Like when you're doing research and stuff, read their reviews, but just ignore your own. Yeah. You look at a number of them. <laughs> I was really excited when I got reviews. And um, then I got like two more critical ones, which were fine. They were, they were both right. Like, I'll just say that they're right. Like as working on book two, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you're right. You know, you were completely correct. And one person was like, if you could have, they basically were like, if you could have hired three editors. I was like, well, if I could have hired three editors, like, right. I'm sure my book would be amazing. But like, this is me and my like upstairs working on a book by myself with a limited right. budget. Like it just didn't happen, you know? So, but learning no. how to go. <laughs> like I've gotten some nasty reviews, like, and that's fine. Like I always say not every book is for every reader. Yeah. And however, your book is for someone like every story has a reader. That is one of my, like in all my bios, that's like the last thing that I say is every, like my books aren't for everyone. And, um, you know, not every story is for me either, but mm -hmm. every story has a reader. And, um, this is why I, even before I was like actually putting myself out there, like I don't leave negative reviews. That is a personal choice. Um, even before, but it's just because I would never want to deter someone like what if someone is reading it and they would have loved the story and, but they don't read it because of my dumbass review. Like, right. no. So I just, I choose not to do that. However, I've gotten, um, which is why I don't read them. Cause sometimes like, I will say some of them make me laugh. Like there was this one review that I got and, um, the person got it for free. They did not even pay for my book. Um, mm -hmm. they were an arc re reader, not one of my arc readers, but from somewhere else. And, um, it's just like, it was like a page long. I was like, why didn't you just stop reading? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, and that's fine. And sometimes they like provide entertainment, but I had to get to that point yeah. to like, be okay with like, cause if that would have happened in the beginning, like, I don't even know, which is why, like, if you can resist even from the start, don't read your reviews. Like it's like, don't read the comments right on the internet. Like you're not supposed to don't read the comments. All they're going to do is make you mad. So uh -huh. don't read the reviews. Like don't Google yourself. Right. <laughs> like this thing, all every actor would tell you, just don't Google yourself ever. Yeah. Like yeah. there will always be people who hate you. Like, and that's fine. I feel like the first time I got a negative review, the first time I got a one star review, I should say, mm -hmm. I was like, well, I made it. Like, <laughs> that's correct. Yes. I, yeah. And it makes you spin out a little bit. Absolutely. Um, and it, like the worst thing I think a review could do is deter someone from writing mm -hmm. like, the worst thing. And I don't think like, if you think like, if that's your intention with your review, I guess you're a jerk, but go for it. But like, but like, that is the fear. Like I have, if I were to leave a one star review or even a two or any sort of bad review is that like I just because it's not my cup of tea doesn't mean I want you to stop writing you know 
sweet. Like, and it's both. It's, I would never want that writer to stop writing. And two, I would not want to deter someone who might love that book from reading it. Like, and it's both ends of the spectrum. Like, that's just my own personal. I know some people are hardcore about it and that's totally fine. Like leave your one star reviews. That's totally fine. But I just choose not to do it because I have those fears and I would never want that to happen. And some people are fine with that happening. And that's cool too. Like we're all individuals, but if you would leave me like a really nasty one star review, just know I probably won't read it because I don't. And that's, and that is fine. I think that is more mentally healthy. Um, (laughs) There is a book um, and I just read that someone who I quite respect is adapting it to a movie and I won't name what it was, but it was like one of the number one books of last year has over like 25,000 five-star reviews on Amazon. People love this book. We read it in my other book club that I'm in that we don't do the podcast reporting for. And like, I'm glad we did it for this book because everyone on that book club, everyone's just like crying. Like they're like, I cried so many points in this book. And I was the most like cynical person. I hated this book. I hated the main character. I just, and I'm just listening. They're like, I was just crying at work listening to this book. I was so moved by her struggle. And I was like, I was not at all. Like I was just mad the whole time. Um, and so, and it's, and it was, I thought it was hilarious because that was, my reaction was so different. Like there's, there's like 12 people sitting there and like 10 of them loved it. I hated it. And my sister's next to me and she's like more of like at a two star range, you know, she's like, I, she also found the main character annoying. Like, and I probably like destroyed it for her because I read it first. And then I basically told her how much I hated it. So I probably influenced her take on the book on accident. (laughs) <laughs> but like I was reading through the through the Amazon reviews because I'm just reading like all these five stars and I was just blown away that my that my take on this book was so different than everyone else's right. and I was like what is wrong with me nothing but like what is wrong with me that I'm reading this book and I'm not crying and I'm not sympathetic like I'm just angry um and I found I found my tribe in the one star reviews not that I left one myself or whatever leave one but right. I was happy someone had because it was like they were, one was just did I read the same book as everyone else and that's all it said and I was like that's how I feel <laughs> yeah like, I would never knock someone for writing a one-star review like I know we've kind of said that yeah. like, totally to each their own like that is totally fine there are books that I have hated but mm-hmm. I just choose not to leave those one-star reviews however the people who do like there's nothing wrong with that either and 100% like you can find people that you agree with that way too like you know it's just it's Reading is so personal and so individual. It's kind of amazing. You know? And sometimes it's bizarre, you know, and I, <laughs> I was there with like the hundred people that were like, what, why didn't I love this? I think it was more confusion than anger. It was just like, everyone was like, why didn't I love this book? Like, yeah. I want to be the five star. Like, I want to be the person that loved this book. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I was like, well, there's 25,000 people that left you five star reviews. So you can just, you know, you can just deal with those of us that are confused. You know what? Um, I would 100% take a hundred one star reviews if it meant I got 25,000 and yes. anything, anything like I don't even care but yeah that's amazing and now it's being like adapted into a movie so you know once again I thought you know props to writing the book right. I there was a lot of like good stuff with the book the actual plot I didn't hate like I really liked the way it ended it was yeah. just the main character I couldn't sympathize with and yeah. that drove me to insanity you know but <laughs> yeah. but um and it was funny because I really liked the way it ended 
And some of the other people were like, I didn't like the way it ended. And I was like, well, I quite did, you know? <laughs> so fun. And it's just like, you know, it's so individual. Like we're just all, I love it. I love it. it and is. I think that's like what a lot of readers like too, you know, is it, everybody, it all depends on like the moment that you're in when you're reading something, you know, yeah. it's, you could have loved it maybe at some point, you know, but the moment you read it in, you hated it. And that's like totally fine. Yeah. And so that's the, that's the beauty of reading. And that's why I like reading. And, and when you get those critiques, especially from people kind enough to read your advanced reader copies, like it's terrifying, it's vulnerable and, but they can point out stuff that you don't even think of. Um, remember mine has like, my first book especially has like a big sci-fi aspect to it. My characters have like abilities basically um, that they've gotten through. Uh, it's called the variant series and the variants is their genetics. Um, <laughs> like a genetic mutation. Yeah. Kind of. Um, except it's not a mutation. But either way, um, I'm not doing a great job of explaining it here. But one, uh, to me it all makes sense because I know how it works. And the, well, yeah, because you wrote it. <laughs> I wrote it. So to me, I'm like, there's, there's no plot holes, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And one of my readers was like, I don't understand this. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you for telling me that, because that is not how I want people to feel. I right. want you to understand what I am trying to explain with this, because this will matter for three books. You know? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, and I always get, like, the helpful emails, like, oh, here's a typo, you know, that got missed, and it's like, cool, I can fix it before it goes off then. See, yeah, um, my best friend is, he just finally read, read my book, and he, he, I always say just finally because he's had it for a year, and he's just, he'll read, like, four chapters. He's, like, he loves Audible, but he, like, actually physically reading takes him forever, um, because I just don't think he likes to sit still that long, honestly, and I, I respect that. Um, part of my problem now, too. Exactly, and so I totally get it, but I'm also not brave enough to record myself for any sort of audiobook recording. Oh, I don't record myself. I no way. audio, but I have narrators. Like, I would never. At some point, I would, I would like to, but I could not get through my own sex scenes without giggling, and so yeah. not, it's not for me. But he, he, he was, he was reading it, and he's like, did you know that you have a typo on this page? I was like, yes, thank you. Right. <laughs> thank you for telling me. Yes, I know it's there. Please keep reading. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And so, yeah. Well, um, well, how can, you know, people reach out to you. What's the best platform that we you'd say to follow you if someone's not following you already? Or yeah. So um, Instagram for sure. Um, I read all my messages, um, is a big one. Email always is fine. Um, but people who like for sure, like are excited and want to my newsletter is, um, probably the best one, which I have. Um, if you follow me on Instagram, the link in my bio, um, my link tree has all of my links and, um, that, my newsletter is among them. Um, but I send out newsletters twice a week. So like, you'll always be hooked up with me on that point. But, um, for as far as like platforms, then it would be Instagram. Wonderful. I think I'm on your newsletter and if not, I'm going to subscribe. So <laughs> I remember I went, I looked at your link tree, I looked at your website and I, I was yeah. like, Oh, I need to do all of this. <laughs> I know I didn't have a website for the longest time. And like, I don't do much with it. It's like you Google it and like, you can't even find it cause it's like I use, I use the free one so it's like you know slash weebly like at the end because I just I used to have a website and I used to keep it up and it was so much work like you have to divide your time so at least I have one now thank yeah. you Andrea Norse um another author who like forced me 
kicking and screaming to do my newsletter, but, or not my newsletter, my website. Um, so I have that now. Um, but my newsletter, it's, I reach out twice a week normally, um, once a week with like stuff from other authors. And then on Fridays with my, my own updates. Um, and so I am, I've always got on there, like I have free short stories that, um, play into a lot of the books. Um, I have, um, like my lists for signing up for my art team or my promo team, whatever, like they're always on there. So my newsletter is the big one. Otherwise Instagram, which I'm on far too often. <laughs> yes. I'm on every day. I got panicked this morning cause I realized I haven't posted since Friday. I try to post every day. Yeah. Um, but it is hard to do. Um, and I normally do like the monthly challenges because it gives me a topic every day to talk about. Yeah. Um, and then this month I was like, I'm not going to do a challenge. I'm just going to post myself. And then it's like crickets. I'm like, how are you guys doing? <laughs> I lately, cause, because I have a book coming out, like I have struggled to not post like more than once a day. Like yeah. I've, I've been posting like twice a day, a lot of days, but it's only because I have a book like coming out. So there's a lot of information. Yeah. about it and um it is up for pre-order little sneak in right there of my information um marketing um but <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna be doing a really big giveaway like i did with the last one um it's gonna start here towards the end of the month um but for every pre-sale and every sale i make through the end of the giveaway which i think is gonna go through 9 11 or something like that um is uh, I'm going to be donating a portion of my sales um, to No Kids Hungry this time. Cool. Like with during COVID, I, I like to do like a push um, for marketing my books when they come out um, for pre-sale and then into like the first or second week. Um, and I like to pick a charity to donate some. Last time I did um, the Minnesota Freedom Fund during mm -hmm. um, what all the George Floyd stuff with um, Black Lives Matter and it was my way of doing, you know, just a little thing that I was able to do. And I think I donated like over $60. Um, so that was really awesome. So this time I'm doing no child hungry, um, with all of COVID stuff. And I know there are like families struggling and, um, feeding their kids, which should never be something you have to worry about. So that is my little spiel for, um, pre-ordering my book. You will be, um, helping to donate towards no kids hungry. So. Well, that is a great reason just to do it yourself. Like just to, just to buy that book just do a donation as well and I love that that's a great idea um and I hope everyone's doing okay during this time during uh, COVID and everything going on um anything we can all do to help is good <laughs> I like to do a charity every time because then it makes me and maybe that's a stupid tip but it is a tip I've told some of my indie friends is like it makes me feel better about marketing myself because I'm not only marketing myself I'm also doing a donation like I think it has paved the way for it to be easier for me and I'm more comfortable with it now. So I'm like, Hey, buy my book. Come on, read my stuff because then you're also helping someone else. Like, you know, it just makes yeah. it easier to sort of promote both. So I think that's a great tip and a great idea. Well, I've loved talking to you today. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for and, having me. Of course. Yeah. We should do it again. Like later on, like a few books down the road <laughs> down for it. Absolutely. Read I'll, a romance and we can do it again. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll read a romance um, and we can talk romance instead of thrillers. Um, but thank you so much. I loved having you here today and um, I will pre-order your book. It'll be great. <laughs> thank you so much. Well, thank you for having me. I'm definitely, I'm coming back. Just let me know whenever you want me again. Absolutely. Well, well have a wonderful day and thank you everyone for joining us. Thank you. <laughs> Bye.